song that has my last name in the title. It's called Nancy Spain. Of all the stars that ever shone, not one did twinkle like your pale blue eyes. Like golden corn at harvest time, your hair. Sailing in my boat, the wind gently blows and fills my sail. Your sweet scented breath is everywhere. Daylight peeping through the curtain of the passing night time is your smile. Oh, the sun in the sky is like your laugh. Come back to me, my Nancy, and linger for just a little while. Well, since you left these shores, I've known no peace nor joy. No matter where I wander, I'm still haunted by your name. The portrait of your beauty stays the same. Standing by the ocean, wondering where you've gone, if you'll return again. Where is the ring I gave to Nancy Spain? Now on that day in spring, when snow starts to melt and streams start to flow, with the birds I will sing you a song. And in a while by Bluebell Grove, down by Bluebell Grove, where wildflowers grow, and hope the lovely Nancy will return. No matter where I wander, I'm still haunted by your name. The portrait of your beauty stays the same. Standing by the ocean, wondering where you've gone, if you'll return again. Where is the ring I gave to Nancy Spain? You're standing by the ocean, wondering where you've gone, if you'll return again. Where is the ring I gave to Nancy Spain? Where is the ring I gave to Nancy Spain? Thanks so much, Mickey. Hey, thanks for having me. <laughs> Welcome to the NEPA Scene Podcast. We're coming to you live from Cole Creative in downtown Wilkes-Barre. Uh, I'm Rich Howells. I'm the founder and editor of NEPA Scene. Uh, as you can see, my uh, cohorts are not here tonight, uh, but uh, but that's okay because we have uh, plenty to talk about here uh, with uh, with Mickey Spain. More <laughs> beer for us. That's the important thing. And uh, his lovely wife, Erin Spain, as well. Glad to be here. So. Um, if you didn't catch that already, uh, Mickey Spain is an Irish folk singer-songwriter uh, who is uh, currently living in the Scranton, Scranton area, yeah. and um, he was a favorite at our uh, NEPA Scene Rising Talent open mic at the, the V-Spot, which, uh, which comes back next month. Uh, so tonight we're going to talk about him uh, touring the world uh, with uh, Make Him in Spain, uh, his uh, take on the uh, local parade day madness, because uh, that's always, I think, an interesting <laughs> topic. Yeah. So uh, who better to, to, to talk that with uh, than with an Irishman? Uh, you've, uh, he has upcoming shows at the uh, Tomato Bar and Bistro, uh, Kill Coins Bar, 
and uh, the first ever Steamtown String Fling at the uh, Scranton Cultural Center, which has an awesome lineup. Uh, we're definitely going to talk about that tonight as well. So please join our conversation. Um, as uh, I mentioned last week, Facebook is really limiting how many people can see the live stream. So if you're one of those lucky people who are tuned in right now who can actually uh, hear us and is catching this, please uh, leave some comments, leave some questions. We would love to hear from you. Uh, we'll definitely get to those uh, at some point in the show. Um, and if you're watching this live, uh, please press that share button. Uh, let people know about uh, this podcast, and uh, hopefully other people can join in as well. Uh, we're, uh, we're also going to be streaming on Periscope in the future, too. So if you're a Twitter fan and you would prefer Periscope, then uh, by all means, we'll, we'll definitely uh, be able to accommodate you as well. We would on Instagram, but they don't allow full live streams like this, more just like a you know, handy cam on your phone mm. kind of thing. So we're not going to be able to do it on there. But uh, we'll, try to, we'll try to be as many places as you are. In fact, I just started a Vero account. So Vero is your thing. We're going to start posting on Vero now because, you know, I don't have enough to do. But uh, <laughs> we need another, uh, uh, another uh, social media uh, thing to, uh, to post to. But, hey, you know what? We're, we're going to try it. Anything to fight Facebook at this point. <laughs> Never even heard of half of those. Yeah, well, <laughs> trust me, I wouldn't be using them if I didn't have the site, that's for sure. Uh, but the V-Spot is uh, our, our newest sponsor. Uh, they're one of the most popular bars in northeastern Pennsylvania. They have live entertainment every night of the week. Uh, this week, uh, they have Rare Form playing tonight. Uh, Jordan Ramirez of Half Dollar and Fake Fight, who we've had on our podcast on, uh, on Thursday. Uh, the Molly Pitcher Path is Friday. Uh, Better Than Bad is Saturday, and DJ Huff is hosting karaoke on Sunday. And, uh, of course, our uh, Rising Talent Open Mic and Talent Contest will also be back there at the end of March, uh, starting March 27th. It's a Tuesday, and then running every Tuesday for 12 weeks through June 12th. So uh, if, if you're a local performer, we would love to come out uh, you, you to come out and uh, uh, play in our show. It's a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. You're going to meet a lot of really cool people. This guy can attest. Yeah, that was a great time, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely talk about that a little yeah. more at some point in the show as well. Uh, but before we get to the interview, uh, we have some beers to drink from Beer Boys in Wilkes-Barre. Um, they are our longest-running sponsor. They have 72 beers on tap, uh, including at least 20 from Pennsylvania breweries. Uh, these guys are committed to craft. Uh, and each week they give us these uh, massive crawlers to drink. So uh, they always pick some really good stuff for us. This week it's all uh, from Founders Brewing, uh, which if you haven't had anything from there, you, you, re you really need to try it. But uh, I'm probably not, if you're a craft beer guy, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. Uh, so this week uh, we have Founders Harvest. Uh, we have their Mosaic, which I believe we've had on the show before. And uh, Rubus. Um, so which one, uh, which one do you want to start with tonight? Should I start with the harvest? All it's, right. It's close by. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron, would you like some as well? Sure. Thank you. <laughs> there you go. There you are. Usually I have a little more uh, help with this, this kind of stuff. Uh, Brittany was, was sick last week, and then uh, she's kind of catching up on work. And, uh, you know, John has another uh, work thing going on this week, but uh, hopefully we'll have 
one or both of them back next week. We'd love to get the whole band back together. I don't think the three of us have actually been on a show together in uh, a few months now. <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous sure in terms of the scheduling. <laughs> yeah, probably not. <laughs> well, that's good. Mm. Mm, that's really good. Yeah. <laughs> Fast forward. And another thing. Nobody tells me. <laughs> that's what we're hoping for. They'll loosen you up a little bit. You know, get the real good stuff. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Our guest last week was actually telling us about another show, and I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head, another podcast. Uh, where he gets everybody high on the show. Come on. <laughs> and then uh, it gets them going. So that, that's a pretty good tactic, we just, too. <laughs> we listened. We drove to Florida a couple of weeks ago, and my brother-in-law had told me about this podcast. My dad wrote a porno. Did you hear that? <laughs> no. Oh, my God. The kid, this father, you know, gives this son this, yeah. this erotic novel that he wrote. And, oh, it is hilarious. And they read it. They read it out loud, him and two friends of his, and then they, you know. <laughs> analyze everything and <laughs> it's, yeah but now that, i guess they're touring reading this they're like they're in new york doing oh okay so yeah it's, it's fascinating it's amazing what people are doing with podcasts yeah. now you know a lot of really different cool stuff yeah i never would have thought, never would have thought to do anything like that well, if you would like us to read an erotic novel, <laughs> please comment. I know a guy. Yeah, please. Absolutely. Uh, we would love to love to hear from you any suggestions that you might have. In fact, uh, uh, funny enough, our 50th episode is coming up next week. Not exactly sure how we're going to celebrate that yeah. yet, but that's, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah 50, episodes. 50, 50 episodes of this version, and we, we did another version at a Scranton studio. So we did, I think, maybe 62 episodes there. Oh, wow. So we've, we've been doing the podcast thing for a while, but... Uh, but we we uh, we thank Cole Creative for uh, for having us here. Yeah, it's uh, a lovely studio. Being a being a big pain in the ass to to Gerard there, who's uh, <laughs> been ever so gracious with his uh, time and space. I think he's looking for a drink. Yeah, I think he's he he wants he wants one of these. I am the only host, so but I'm so I'm gonna run and yeah. leave the set. It's all right. I'll hold it down. I can help you. <laughs> and come back. That is really good. <laughs> It is quite good. All right, so uh, Mickey, you're you're not from here originally. Nope, uh, uh, born and raised in New Hampshire. Okay, so uh, tell us a little bit about uh, you know, life in New Hampshire and uh, and mm. how you got started in music from there. Uh, yeah, believe it or not, I, I well, my father was you know a singer. Well, he's, he's still a singer, but just around the house now. He used to perform. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, the uh, New England area. And so I, you know, and it was Irish folk music. So I had heard it all growing up. Um, but I was more involved in athletics mm. growing up. I never played. I didn't know I could sing till I was like 26 years old. Mm. I was in a car accident and I had, you know, herniated a disc in my back. So I was laid up for a little while. My father gave me a guitar, you know, and I had, you know, a book. I learned to play three chords and I knew all the words from hearing them over and over again growing up. Yeah. So that's how I started. Um, and then my, I have my younger brother. There's six of us in the family. I have three older sisters. There's me and my brother Pat and then my youngest brother Liam, mm. who will be at the string playing, playing with me. Um, so we, um, he's been playing since he was 12. He, he took a liking to it right away. So he'd been playing in pubs and stuff since he was 12 years old. Um, 
So then it, once I started getting the hang of playing and singing, we formed a duo. Mm-hmm. We were the Spain brothers, nothing nothing creative there. <laughs> uh, and then, so we used to play, you know, New England, New York, you know, down to, to Florida and stuff. Nothing, nothing too big. And then we joined up with the, the Makeham brothers. Mm. So we were the Makeham and Spain brothers. Again, lacking in creativity, but... <laughs> Um, but guarantee that it's a name not it's, taken. It's, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very hard to, to figure out a band name now. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so that's how that started. And that was back in my brother and I started. I think in '93 or so, 1993, mm. and then we we ended up playing. I don't know if Tommy Makem was uh, you know that was their father. So he was, you know, very big, recorded for Columbia Records in the 60s with the Clancy Brothers, and they brought, you know, Irish music as we know it, you know, the folk music to the States back in the in the late 50s and early 60s. Um, and so those were the albums I grew up listening to, that and the Dubliners and, and the Irish Rovers and, and, and stuff like that. So um, when my brother and I got together, that's the kind of stuff we did. So we were playing at a pub in Dover, New Hampshire. Which is where the Makems grew up once they came from Ireland. You know, the, they all grew up in Dover. So the three Makem brothers came in to, they were coming to hear us, and we kind of developed a friendship because we both had the, you know, like the same songs, the same stuff for music. Mm. And they'd come up and join us, you know, for a night. And it was, you know, it was great fun. Then the five of us, you know, in I think 2002, officially formed a, a band, the uh, Makem and Span brothers, but then. Two of them over the years, like I don't even remember what years they were. One of the brothers, Shane, left the group, and then Connor left the group maybe about four or five years ago. And so it's been the three of us, but now we're kind of taking a hiatus, you know. Mm. Rory, make him is he lives in Chicago, I live in Pennsylvania, and my brother's in New Hampshire. So it's you know, it's it's tough organizing gigs and travel and practice. So we're kind of each doing our own thing for a little while, uh, yeah. Yeah, and see what see what happens <laughs> from there. But yeah, so I'm doing uh, doing some solo stuff, and I'll be doing some stuff with my brother, and um, you know, doing the Irish folk, and regular folk, and then some of the stuff I write a lot of songs too. So doing some originals. So uh, what what brought you to Pennsylvania then? Uh, my beautiful wife. <laughs> I was living in. We were. It was what was it? 2015, in December. Uh, we were doing um, we were doing a Christmas tour. And so we were, um, I forget where we were coming from, Ohio. Ohio. Yeah, we had done a gig in Ohio. And we were on our way to do a house concert in York, Pennsylvania. And my brother had been, been in touch with Erin about doing a house concert at her house. So we did. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> it sounded like a great, great, great idea. So when uh, I walked in, no, well, that was it. <laughs> uh Later, Back a few weeks later, I did a couple of solo shows, and then I moved in uh, April of uh, right 2016. Yeah, so it'll be two years that I that I'll be here. Yeah. You guys been together a long time? No, two years. <laughs> Just those two. That's, well, we had known each other. Yeah. Because um, we we played at the Celtic Classic in Bethlehem, mm. the Irish Fest there, so I met her. What was I it? go to that just about yeah. every year, so I think we met originally 2010, in 2010 or yeah. okay. so we had known each other for a little while. Okay. Just a, but, you know, a brief introduction. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. 
It was really strange. It wasn't anything I was prepared for or... <laughs> Looking for, but it happened, and and here we sit. Yeah. It's been a fun, crazy two years. So. It has indeed. Yeah. And another thing. <laughs> you were saying about the you know some of the fifties and sixties music that, mm-hmm. that that influenced you. Yeah. Is that kind of a lost art today? Do you, do you not hear much of that anymore? Uh, as far as the the folk stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I still listen to what I have. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I mean, there there are audiences that still appreciate it mm-hmm. uh, by far. We did a project. Uh, I don't even know. It was a few years ago. It was. We called it Sessions, Volume One and Volume Two. So it was two CDs. Mm-hmm. But we got together with a lot of our folk heroes from from the sixties. So we were, we called you know called emailed whatever. So we recorded songs with uh, Tom Paxton. We've got Tom Paxson, Noel Paul Stuckey from Peter, Paul, and Mary, uh, Roger McGuinn from The Birds, uh, Jonathan Edwards we recorded with, uh, Gordon Bach. Um, he's a, a lot of guys were from Maine. Actually, Noel Paul Stuckey lives in Maine. Um, so we recorded that, and some we were on site for, and um, the studio we used was in Maine. Thundering Sky, my good friend Chris Magruder over there in, uh, in Berwick, Maine. Um, so we recorded there, but others like we traveled out. To, Paxton was playing a gig in New York, so we went out and met him. We rented a theater. We had a like a Kickstarter campaign to to run this uh, to to fund it rather, and um, so we met all these guys. You know, we recorded two songs with each guy, and we we put one on one CD and one on the second one on the second CD. So okay. it was probably a total of maybe twenty five songs. I think yeah, maybe so, so. Yeah. It's great. So. Yeah, it was it was fantastic. I mean, because these were all got Dave. I don't know if you know Dave Mallet. Ever heard mm-hmm. of him? He's lives in Maine, but he he's written uh, some great songs. One is a, a very popular song. A lot of people don't even know he he wrote it, but it was recorded by John Denver and the Muppets. Mm-hmm. It's called uh, the Garden Song, but it's inch by inch, row by row. It's a great great song. <laughs> yeah, but great. a lot of a lot of people have recorded that. So. Um, so these were heroes of ours that we listened to growing up, um, and to to be in the same room with them was, uh, and they were just so down to earth, and the whole thing was just a, a marvelous experience. And uh, we and you know we and then in New Hampshire these past two years we kind of um, tried to harness that and we, we put on the folk show. It's at a, a theater in New Hampshire in, the, in Manchester, the town I grew up in. So yeah, the Palace Theater, and so Paxton has come in to play it both years, and then Dave Mallet and the, uh, Chuck and Steve Romanoff there are in a band from out of Portland, Maine called Schooner Fair. They're fantastic. So yeah, so it's been uh, <laughs> so we've been doing that, and and you know we hope to keep hope to keep it going. But the turnout has been great. You know, uh, Paxton um, it was his 80th birthday this year so we had oh, wow. right around the time we were had the show so uh he's you know he's still he's still out there touring he's he's amazing mm-hmm. and a lot of them can't do it at that age too you know a lot of the what, what really we consider the greats yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no yeah he's he's got it yeah, he's, he's got it right. down i mean you know and comes they, into town. They say usually, you know, don't meet your heroes. Right, but exactly. in, but Mickey Mantle, I think, was uh, one who said that. <laughs> yeah. Don't meet your heroes, yeah, because 
But yeah, exactly. And that, and that is a, that is a, a, a nerve-wracking thing because there are people you meet. And whether you catch them at a bad day or not, I mean, right, that right. is your lasting impression of them. So anybody I try to meet, I always try to be cordial. You know, mm. I mean, you can't let anything going on around you affect you. Uh, you know, try not to anyway. My, my problem is I'll meet somebody that I've really wanted to, to meet or run into at some point whether it's at a, you know, convention or whatever. And, you know, I have exactly what I know what I'm going to say. And then I get up there and I'm like, hey, <laughs> so you're that guy who does that yeah. thing. It's like that, uh, <laughs> you ever see that Chris Farley on when he on Saturday Night Live when he had... Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. He interviewed <laughs> Paul McCartney. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's pretty much exactly yeah, like yeah. that every <laughs> single yeah. time. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> That's how I felt when I met Roddy Doyle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been emailing him. I was asking for an autograph on a, on a particular book for my son's 18th birthday because he was joining mm. the Navy. He was 18. He was leaving home. And there was one book he read as a kid, and I had it. Roddy Doyle was the writer. He wrote The Commitments, Van. So that's what he's okay. He's you know, well known for, yeah. The Snapper. Mm-hmm. Um, but he wrote this great, great children's book, um, The Giggler Treatment. Um, so at four sons, they grew up loving this. It's all about an Irish wolfhound who and parents step in it when you're a jerk to your kids. So, I mean, it's a great, it's a fantastic so, book. It, it is. It's just a fantastic, it's, uh, fun book. So it's true I've to life, too. been back and forth emailing him, and he answered, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, come out to Philadelphia, and you can, you know, I'll sign it in person." I was so excited, and made, you know, made the plans, went out to Philly, mm-hmm. went to the free library, went to meet him. When I met him, I couldn't even say a word to him. I just handed him the book. He signed it, and I walked away. I didn't even tell him that I was. You know, the person. <laughs> I was like. Yeah. <laughs> I like words. It was really funny. I, you know, total yeah. loss. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, because you're, you can rehearse it in your head and over and over, and it comes right. out fine. But then when you get up, <laughs> not a word would come out. Yeah. And 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 what haven't they heard a million times too? Right. You, know, exactly. you try to walk up to somebody and ask them something or say something that they haven't heard before. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Eh, yeah. What haven't they? You know, you're you're a celebrity. You probably met a million fans. What. What do I have to say? Yeah. That's going to be any different, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's going to set me apart. <laughs> so, uh, what is it like uh, working with your brother? Is that uh, you know? Is there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Liam is uh, no. My brother is a is one of the most talented musicians that I that I know. He's he can play anything, and he's he's got a great ear, and he's got a, a soft touch. Knows where you know where to play, how to play around certain things. He's fantastic, but boy, is he moody. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, we you know room together on the road all the time. We, we're both the same creatures of habit, you know. Drink a lot of beer, you know. <laughs> eat pizza, wake up, eat what's left over, put Law and Order on. <laughs> <laughs> Watch it until it's time to go play the show. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So I mean, it's it's fun. It's, and and there's eight years difference between the two of us. So when I graduated high school, I went away to college. I mean, he was only ten years old, so it wasn't like we were hanging around back then. I was closer with my brother Pat, who was hmm. about eighteen months younger than me. You know, we were in high school together, and so it. That part was really str- strange because I, it was like we were at two different stages of our life. Right. When I left, but then you know when I came back, uh, when I moved back, I was living in Massachusetts for a number of years, and then I moved back to New Hampshire, and um, 
when we started playing together, and then, you know, I got to know him as a as you know something other than a little kid that would follow me around, you know. Hmm. Um, so it, it was nice. So now it's I mean he's my best friend, you know. So it's uh, it's it's it was really uh, a whole a dyna- a change in dynamic for me that uh, I, I don't wasn't prepared for or looking for, but that's you know, that's how it happened. So. Yeah, no, I enjoy playing with him. He's yeah, he's he's great, but he is moody. I'm gonna tell you, man. You don't have to guess what kind of <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to guess what kind of mood he's in. He, he's written all over his face. If you're watching, I love you. So, uh, from a songwriting perspective, uh, you're sitting down to to write a song. What what, ins- what inspires you, or do you kind of jot down notes and figure it out later? You, you know, how does yeah, it work well, for you? See, I used to I used to try to write something every day, whether mm-hmm. it went anywhere or not. And I, I mean, I've written a lot of songs that I just threw away because they were garbage, you know. Um, but it, they'll I'll have uh, periods where I where I write a lot, where there's a lot going on, and I find if I'm busy in my my personal life, then I'm I'm writing more. Because my my mind is working. If I'm just sitting around, you know, not doing anything for any length of time, then I'm I'm not you know I'm not creative at all. So, um, that being said, uh, I'm not talking house. I'm not talking housework either. (laughs) Dishes or laundry. (laughs) No. Repainting the entire house. <laughs> <laughs> in a week. Oh yeah, the inside. I'm, I thought you were talking about the outside. Um, so yeah, so uh, I'll write. But I mean, I just, I mean, I write a lot of kids' songs too. I do I have a children's. Well, it used to be I had a kids' band, not kids in the band, but a band that played kids' music. Right. Um, and it was myself and my brother Liam, and then two other friends of ours. Um, but again, they had real jobs. They had to go, you know, during the week, so they couldn't do, you know, we played at schools. Yeah. And they were, you know, they were only open till three or something. So <laughs> these guys are working. So, <laughs> so, um, so we, I, you know, so it's basically been just my brother and myself doing, mm. doing the kids songs that I write. But I find it a lot easier to write kids songs because they can be about absolutely nothing. Right. When, I, when I tried to write songs for the band, I try to write them. I mean, I, I'm not being from Ireland. I, I don't try to write a, an, an Irish song. I try to write a song that, uh, like a folk song, that sounds like it could be from anywhere in in the world, or or um, happened at any time. Mm-hmm. You know, not. But the kids' songs I, I enjoy writing. I could write a million of those. You know, it's. Um, the, play- kids, the kids program where oh, the yeah. kids write songs too. I have yeah, a program where I, that I used to have in New Hampshire yeah I, I would it's go into weeks. elementary schools uh, three weeks I'd meet with whatever you know grades I was working with third and fourth you know and we'd you know we'd write songs I'd write a song with the kids and we'd record it put it on a CD each kid would get a copy of the CD We'd have a, a concert at the end of it where the parents would come and the families and kids would come up on stage to sing the song <laughs> with us. So I did that in New Hampshire. I did it in a number of schools and I tr- tried to get it going here, but I haven't had much luck on, uh, doing that yet. But <laughs> I haven't had a 
a lot of feedback from the local schools and programs. We're not going to give up, and you yeah. know what's going on in Scranton. And you, right you, now, you, sh so. you should, yeah. I mean, they're the the one of the first things they were were you know when the Scranton school Action, district was yeah. we're going to cut stuff. Music was like at yeah. the top of that list. It always, it always is. The arts are always <laughs> Sad, the yeah. first to go. You know. So so here you are trying to you know yeah. do something good, and it's and we were doing that even ahead of ahead of that. Like we we tried to bring that in yeah. two years ago when Mickey first arrived to town. We had. He had done a couple of shows at a local grade school where we had a supportive um, principal. Mm. My sons had all gone through that school. My, my nephews were there. Mm. So I kind of had an in with first grade. Right. Um, and I used that in, and, and we did just the show. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was really well received. It was great. It was great fun, but it wasn't the program. It wasn't the, you know, teaching the kids. It no, wasn't that immersive thing. That right. Mm -hmm. It was really neat. It's, I've seen clips and videos and mm. stuff of the work they've done. It's just pretty cool. It, it, I mean, I enjoy, I enjoy it. Uh, kids are great. They'll let you know right away if if they like you or if they, you know, they hate you. you know? So, uh, it is. It is, is that the best kind of audience? Yeah, it is. yeah, you know, they. Uh, but uh, but they're so they're so engaging and and they just want to participate any way they can, you know. And uh, yeah, is uh, I I find that uh, enjoyable. <laughs> um, I play a little bit of a kid song that I wrote. Is that all right? Sure. Yeah. Uh, I was. I wrote this. I was. Well, I didn't write it. I was in the shower, and one day, and I. I, <laughs> I don't know why I was thinking of this, but I. I had the whole song before I got out of the shower. <laughs> it took me three days, but. <laughs> I just. It was. It, it was. It's a tongue twister, and the kid. Kids love to. Uh, to try to sing along, as my brother Liam says, uh, man, that's your stairway to heaven. Every kid, every kid wants to sing. Every kid loves it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's called I Wish I Was a Fish. I'll, I'll just do it. I'll just gear it in. Oh, I wish I was a fish, a fish I wish I was. Why do I wish I was a fish? I wish I was because if I was a fish, I'd be swimming underneath the sea. That's why I wish I was a fish, a fish I wish I was. Now if I was a fish, I'd want to live under the sea. Sure, tanks and bowls are nice, but they are not the place for me. The ocean, it is very deep and it's extremely wide. So I could swim all over instead of just from side to side. Oh, I wish I was a fish, a fish I wish I was. Why do I wish I was a fish, I wish I was because. If I was a fish, I'd be swimming underneath the sea. That's why I wish I was a fish, a fish I wish I was. Oh, and I'd have many friends way down beneath the ocean blue. Dolphins, whales, and sharks, maybe an octopus or two. And I could play all day around the coral and the reef. And I wouldn't have to take a bath before I went to sleep. Oh, I wish I was a fish, a fish I wish I was. Why do I wish I was a fish, I wish I was because. If I was a fish, I'd be swimming underneath the sea. That's why I wish I was a fish, a fish I wish I was. Oh, and I'd be very careful when I'm swimming down below. I'd watch out for the fishing boats and let the others know that it may be appetizing for some of them to see, but a floating worm is not the thing to eat beneath the sea. Oh, I wish I was a fish, a fish I wish I was. Why do I wish I was a fish, I wish I was because if I was a fish, I'd be swimming underneath the sea. That's why I wish I was a fish, a fish I wish I was. That's why I wish I was a fish, a fish I wish I was. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> if, you, if that doesn't put out a smile on your face, yeah. I don't know what will. You it, know? It, to, to, you know, I teach them the chorus before we go <laughs> launch into it, and we do it slow, and then, then I do it at the speed that I do it at, and they're yeah. just like, 
Right now, their hilarious. tongues are tied in knots. And, uh, <laughs> the hilarity just ensues. Yeah. The kids are laughing. Well, they want so badly. Yeah, they want so badly to sing it, and it's just yeah. It's great to see. It's great yeah. to watch. <laughs> when I actually I made a children's uh, a CD of all my uh, well, not all, but at that time it was like fifteen kids songs on it, and mm. um, that that song is on it. And so my my brother and our friend Brian Richards, who was playing uh, played the banjo. Um, when they were doing the backup vocals for that, they had the hardest time trying to sing it. <laughs> they actually got drunk trying to record the, uh, <laughs> the children's CD. <laughs> trying to get, get the chorus, so, yeah. Uh, but that's fun. But, yeah, so, I mean, and right now I'm starting to write, um, since I moved to Pennsylvania, well, I, I've always known about, you know, the Molly Maguires and the Mines, but all these other mm. you know, mining disasters. So I started writing some songs. Going to try to put out yeah. a little uh, CD of uh, some of the uh, yeah, some of We're the coal. Not quite sure where it's going. Yeah, or right. so I'm looking into the. Uh, I grew up in Pittston. Yeah, you know, so the pretty much across from where the Twin Shaft disaster was. Oh yeah, and so that history was always kind of there, growing mm. up, and we were just discussing it. And I said, well, we should write a, we yeah. should make a song. We should we should write something about it. Right. Um, so that's kind of turned into a new project. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of really interesting stories that have mm -hmm. come out of that. I, you know, I, I did a, a few as a reporter, and and you know, learning about these people's lives and what they went through and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. There's and there's a lot of good uh, the uh, the Lackawanna Historical Society and places like that that have great records of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So if you're ever looking for a story, yeah. oh, people yeah. like them are, are great to go to because they can tell you a million different right. stories that you never would have known otherwise, right. yeah. and, and, and things like that. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, that's the way to go. I mean, it's it's fascinating. Mm -hmm. There's there's so much of the history of that history in this area. So yeah, between that and the railroad, it was, yeah, you know, incredibly present through this whole region. Right. Mm -hmm. The uh, the working man story, so to yeah. speak. That's uh, yeah. Which is where a lot of folk music comes from. I that's right. Mm -hmm. From a non-working man. The <laughs> <laughs> irony. <laughs> so could you tell us a little bit about um you know you you've toured all over mm -hmm. uh you know with uh make them spain yep. and, and yourself and everything like that uh are there any uh particular memorable gigs that stick out to you or, or certain stories that uh, yeah um i'll tell you what uh one of my favorite places that i have been to over the years was uh butte montana and Butte had a very rich history. I mean, the, the town of Butte at one point had more Irish-speaking people than the country of Ireland did. <laughs> they all came over to work the copper mines in Butte. And just the, the whole town, it's not a very big town, but the whole town at one point was connected underground through tunnels. And usually when we go to gigs, you know, often we were, we're there, whether we fly in, drive in, or whatever, we're there, we got to couple days play the gigs and you're out but Montana we actually made time to go in early and stay late and it's the the people that I was that I fell in love with it like you said you know you'll hear the stories that aren't in any of the books you know right so we were I forget what year it was but we we were there and the week before we got there they had just discovered an uh, an underground speakeasy that 
no one had been in since, I don't know, the 30s. <laughs> That's unbelievable. And all it was was just behind a door in the basement of some building. <laughs> but it still had, had chalkboards with all the games that were being played and, you know, betting and all that. It, it was fascinating. They ended up making it uh, like a museum type of thing, and they, they do tours through it now, but <laughs> we were the first people to drink beer in there since uh, the 1930s, yeah. That's crazy. That's awesome. It was the same beer they were drinking, too, so it was, it was a little dusty. <laughs> <laughs> you guys had Bud Light back then. Um, no, so Montana was uh, one of my favorite places to play. Uh, we, you know, we used to do a lot of cruises too. We probably did nine or ten cruises mm. to the Caribbean, um, uh, the Mexican Riviera. Um, but we we did Hawaii one year, but we flew flew to Hawaii, then we cruised. So we were overnight at a few islands and. Hawaii was fantastic. It's hard not to have a good time in Hawaii, but um, so that that was enjoyable. We did an Alaska cruise uh, as well, but um, we didn't. It wasn't like we were in any great towns. It, it was. It seemed like the town was built for a cruise ship to dock at and get off <laughs> right. and you could buy your stuff. I mean, yeah, we didn't have much time to go exploring anywhere. So that, hmm. I mean, that that's. I mean, believe me. I mean, it was great. Don't get me wrong, but sure. Um, I would have liked to go wander. Yeah, wander around. You know, sometimes you're in you're in that port for maybe like four hours or something. So you go in, go shopping, have lunch, a few drinks, and then you're back on the boat going someplace else. Right. Well, we always try to get off off yeah. the highway, off the beaten track, and I'm probably worse than anyone you've Ooh, ever. Which one's that? You've ever met. This is uh, the uh, Rubal. I'm, I'm assuming that's what, yeah. what it's called, uh, or either I'm pronouncing it correctly, but uh, it wow. tastes, tastes more like a wine. It does, yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah, it's very fruity. Yeah, it does. It just sits more like a wine, too. Yeah. I'll uh, get this to Gerard. It actually tastes like cough milk. It's nice, though. Mm. It's like a raspberry. Yeah. Yeah, very, very, t- uh, it's got a little tartness, tartness. to yeah, it. Yeah, it's enjoyable. Not bad at all. all right, a couple ice cubes, hot summer day. <laughs> um, you probably met some interesting people, too, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. As soon as you said that, this, I, I don't know who this guy was, but we were in, it was a, part of that Christmas tour. We were, um, we were up in, uh, I think, Saginaw. And uh, you know that song, Mamacita, Donde esta Santa Claus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was singing that, and after the show, this uh, Mexican fellow comes up to me and goes, I got a perfect intro for that song for you. <laughs> I said, Really? <laughs> what is it? He goes, Uno, dos, uno, dos, tres, cuatro. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And, and I used it. <laughs> very, very creative. Yeah. <laughs> I used it. <laughs> I stole I you know changed it around a little bit so <laughs> yeah but no I mean I meet a lot of people and a lot of times you see the same faces like the spring and summer are very big festival seasons across the country um, and so we would see the same people that would come they'd go from one festival to the next you know they would just right. go, oh, it's really it's fascinating because I don't know if I would 
do that if I wasn't playing. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> I don't think I could afford it, first of all. <laughs> but, yeah, they, uh, so it's nice. And then you develop friendships, and um, you look forward to seeing these people, and mm-hmm. they're not there. Oh, everything all right? You know, we didn't see you. Yeah, you know us right away. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's, that's it. That, that part is very nice of it. Um, I hate, I hated flying. Uh, not, I just, just the whole rigmarole around it. You yeah. get there. And so when we left, all of us were in New Hampshire at one point. Um, so the furthest we would drive would have been to Chicago. And that was about 17 hours or so from <laughs> where we lived. That was Brutal. that was about that was about the. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, we had a fifteen passenger van, and it was just uh, it's a nightmare. But that's that's about as far as we'd go. Um, or if we had you know if we had a, the connection like we had dates close together where we'd have to fly or yeah rent a car. It just it, it, you know I don't miss any of that. <laughs> but because by the time you get there, you have to get to the airport and wait. I mean, you could have driven. <laughs> to some of these places, you know, right? You know, mm-hmm. so. But yeah, I don't, I don't miss that. But I, yeah, I do. Uh, I like uh, meeting people and uh, you know, from all walks of life and all parts of the world. You know. We have a couple of uh, questions from okay. uh, from our, our readers, and uh, we have uh, Karen Laurie says, uh, "Who are your musical influences?" We talked a little bit about mm-hmm. that. And uh, how much of your writing is in, informed by uh, traditional Irish music? Um, whew, that's a good question. I don't know. I, it's, I think my writing is more uh, just folk music in general. Not so, because I listen to a, a... I mean, I've always been a fan of music. Um, like I said, I love the Clancy Brothers, Tommy Makeham, the Dubliners, the Irish Rovers. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also listen to Sinatra. You know, Johnny Mathis, I love big band music. I like Elvis Costello is one of my favorite okay. um, uh, favorite performers. Springsteen, you know. So I um, I don't, you know, I kind of, but I think just folk music in general well, uh, is how I is what my style is. You know, mm. I I have to, I can't be. Like sometimes when you hear like a rock and roll song, you don't know what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like a lot of Bob Dylan songs, I don't know what he's talking about. Right. I like them, but I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> so I can't write like that. <laughs> I write, you know, I try to make it clear what I'm writing about and what, you know, so yeah, people aren't left going, hmm, what the hell was that about? Uh, so, yeah. So that, that's basically how I, how I write. But having grown up listening to a lot of Irish music, um, I guess I guess you could say it's been you know influenced it, but folk music in general I think is where I I get a lot of uh, how I how I write. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Ted Hebert, who's a, hey, a comedian Ted that we you've met a few times at the, sure, at the yeah. open mic, he said, uh, "Is there a chin under that beard, or is it just another beard?" Yes, <laughs> it's actually three birds and a ham sandwich. <laughs> There's a chin, yes, not a very big one. <laughs> Actually, there's more than one chin, I should say. Huh? <laughs> He's not going to use that in his bid, is he? <laughs> <laughs> he might. He might. So, um, the uh, 
The Scranton St. Patrick's Parade mm -hmm. uh, kind of it, it touts itself as the uh, second largest in the country. Uh, yeah. I guess that's per capita, so it's kind of a technicality. Oh, yeah. But a little there on the yeah, it changes too. There's a lot of stuff that goes into that now, and, and Scranton does have have a good claim to fame. Yeah, so they're fun. Yeah. <laughs> that crazy madness that is Parade Day. Um, <laughs> And then it's it's you know it's not only big in itself, but then it's spun off the Wilkes Bear Parade, the Pittston Parade. So there's all these you know everybody's kind of getting in on that yeah. that that action around here. So uh, you know being not from here, you know right. what is what is your take on that coming into well, this and, and yeah, discovering I've, this madness? This I think will be my third parade. This is your third. Your very first. You were a little shell shocked. I think <laughs> it would be the right word. It was yeah. because I walked him down through Mulberry Street. You know, past some of the chaos of the preparations on the side, yeah. right down to the start of the parade, and you know, met my contacts that are part of the parade and hmm. try to introduce him. And it, and it yeah, it was. I mean, I couldn't believe the size of it because our. <laughs> I've never gone to, like, Boston has a big parade, New York has, you know, big parade, but I'd never gone to any of those. But we had a parade in the town that where I grew up in, and uh, it was usually held after St. Patrick's Day, and a lot of times canceled because of the weather, mm. or so. It was, it was strange. I, I couldn't... I was amazed at yeah, the amount of how, people. Yeah, and everybody people that came to these parades and what was in in the parade as well, you know. Yeah, I think I marched you through the firemen and then the police and then the Clydesdales. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. I went through, you know, kind of early, and then <laughs> we had a gig that day, so I wanted to make sure he got to see some things because sure. I think I yeah. only missed one parade, maybe two, since I've lived in Scranton. Mm. Um, last year was twenty some years. Bitter cold. Yeah, yeah and we in still. New <laughs> Call that yeah, off. Scranton won't quit with that. Yeah. Pittston's not either, so Pittston's oh, doing their yeah. parade. We're going to be part of that. Um, That's right. You have, a, you have a gig coming up yeah. at the uh, yeah. Tomato Bar? Tomato Bar, right. yeah. That's and that's a good spot to get into too. Mm -hmm. When it comes to parade day in Pittston, I think that's mm. kind of a lot of the center of. We went down there last year, year actually. We were yeah. There just yeah. As, as, uh, as, as patrons, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Patrons yeah. And that was fun. Yeah, they were going. They got going early that day. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> no, not, not, not at all. And, you know, do, do you, uh, you know, ha having, you know, uh, studied a little bit of, you know, Irish history and, and mm -hmm. you know, being into the, that, you know, type of culture and everything, do you feel like the, uh, the Irish are unfairly stereotyped as, uh, as a bunch of drunks drinking all the time? Or uh, it, it, Yeah, you know, it... Do you think there's maybe too much focus on that kind of stuff? I think, well, yeah. When it comes I mean, to Irish pride, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, I, I believe there are people, I, I think it's more the people who aren't Irish or want to <laughs> right. be Irish. Right, right. That are, you know, really. They're Irish take, that one, taking, one day a year. Taking that to the next level. Yeah, I think we, we need to make a big differentiation on parade day versus being Irish or St. Patrick's Day or, itself, yeah. And, yeah. Right. and what do you know, and what do you know about your history? I mean, I've right, always yeah. kind of run into that with different projects that I've been doing mm. over the last couple of years, and the lack of support for certain things that you would think would be, you know, well-supported versus the, you know, sure. all day of drinking. And I know the, the parade committees in the region have kind of asked that the drinking slows down, yeah. and that people have more respect, and it's more family-friendly, and they, I think they've done a great job in Scranton cleaning it up. 
mm. because there were a few rough years. Oh, sure. Had, yeah, and definitely. The last few I've been to. Especially the the downtown recent. area, I don't think is is what it was. Yeah, you know, no, I, I've I've it's definitely seen of, over the years where you know people spilling out into the streets and puking on your shoe and stuff like that. Right, it's like, yeah. well, this is this it's is you know okay. crazy. Yeah. The first one I because I, I tried to avoid it. I wasn't mm -hmm. like into that kind of thing. But you know, when I was a, a reporter in Scranton for a couple of years, I was like, well, I should at least go to one. You know, mm -hmm. I should at least Definitely actually like go down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. See it a little bit. You know, and. Uh, I, I get out of my car, I park like way, way down and, and, and walk up a couple Ten of blocks. blocks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. To, to, you know, so I'm, I'm far away from, and, and as I'm walking car. into the actual parade area, into, you know, where all the bars are and stuff like that, uh, the first thing that happens to me, my first interaction, somebody walks right up to me and goes, you want to fight? What the hell's with that camera? What, are you going to take my picture? I'll punch you in the nose if you try to take my picture. And it was like, whoa, okay, this is my introduction to Parade Day. Like, I really, I, I, I thought, you know what, maybe some of this is a little overblown. And then, like, that's the first thing I see. And I was like, okay, I, I'm going <laughs> to. It, it, it may have well have been. A few years ago, I helped uh, bring a band to Kildare's. For, for Parade Day, and I did warn the band. I said, I'm, I'm warning you, you've never seen anything like the Scranton St. Patrick's Day Parade. And they're like, we're from yeah. Harrisburg, we've been in New York City. Aaron, <laughs> really, you're not telling, I'm like, I'm just telling you that right. this is something extraordinary, you know, it, 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 and good or bad, or a little bit of both, but it's gonna be a day that you've never experienced before. Uh, okay, okay, okay. And then I started, my phone blew up, you know, I was getting text message after text message after text message. Where are you? This place is crazy. And oh my God, there, there, there's like 3,000 people in the parking lot here. And, you know, somebody peed on a guitar. You know, there was actually someone who did that in a parking lot. And, you know, these are guys who are well-seasoned, you know. Where should they have done it? On, on yeah. A, like, you know, well-seasoned. Must not have been a very good guitarist. On, on rock kind of scene in the, in the sure. that Irish rock type music and they were just like oh my god you were like i told you don't leave anything on the ground <laughs> and, and that's the thing you, for, for musicians you're they're playing it and a lot of them yeah a lot of those you know the people who get who get drunk they they don't care they're not the people coming to see the music you're right sure and they're understanding the music exactly. exactly and that's what it is and you know they and it's very disheartening <laughs> I spoke, when you're trying to play I spoke to that that day in the parking mm. lot because they had me come up and I mentioned you know have have fun be safe but it, at least for five seconds remember what what today is actually mm. kind of about you know right be a little bit more I don't <laughs> yeah. know be, I don't know what I was after yeah um, they cheered it was good <laughs> were they cheering when you got off or probably oh, okay probably. <laughs> it's a whole timing thing there. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's definitely it's uh it's its own thing and uh yeah you know it's a whole different animal that whole St. St. Patrick's Day. Well, the, yeah. parade, wow. the parade committee had had Mickey come last year. Um, they have a parade headquarters where you know all of their there's there's a ton of people that that put on the work. Mm -hmm. um, actually, there's probably a fairly small group of people who, who yeah. arrange everything and do all the work all year round. And then, but then right. there's a lot of volunteers who are part of this. An immense committee, mm -hmm. and they, they make all of that happen. And so you can always find somebody from the parade committee. If you get in trouble, there's always somebody there. There's a lot of police presence. There's a lot of people out there mm -hmm. to help. So there's all this stuff going on. 
uh, which is a wonderful thing. But they had reached out to us last year and said, you know, all these guys that are working and they're volunteering and they're away from home and they're doing all this stuff, why don't you guys come down and play for us? And so we did this, it's kind of a private event. We just do it for the committee and their families, the volunteers, in and out. People are in and out. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. They try to come in and get warm. Um, but yeah. it was really well received. And that's what they said. They said, we want something that's that, More that's Irish. We want something that has to do with the culture and, and what St. Patrick's Day is, is about, which was really exciting to have a parade committee reach out. And like, like you said, I think they're doing a good job of, of keeping that out of downtown a little bit more, or yeah, at least keeping it quarantined in certain areas. And, uh, you know, once you get past the University of Scranton, then good luck, you know, right, <laughs> like yeah. well, in that, that type of area. But, you know, definitely in the downtown, I think, you know, you can still take your family and yeah, not have to still, really, run into, really nice. run into that type of stuff. So you have the, the Tomato Bar gig. Uh, mm -hmm. That's uh, March 3rd. It's in right. the morning. Right, yeah. And then later that night, you're going to be at Kill, Kill Coins, Coins yes. in, in Scranton. Scranton. Then the next day, mm. we're driving to New Hampshire because <laughs> I'm going to see, you, you ever hear of Robbie Folks? Yeah, okay. Yeah. He's playing in my brother's garage. <laughs> really? Doing a house concert. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to see. <laughs> oh, well, that's definitely worth yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that, that'll be fun. Yeah. The Kill Coins thing is Kill Coins really is nice. great, yeah. Um, I mean, Tommy Coin is... He's really reached out to get Irish music back on the scene because mm. it's nowhere anymore. You know, years ago we had the Banshee, you knew Friday or Saturday night. Sure. There was always music. Absolutely. So you didn't really even have to check the schedule. Yeah. You knew something was going to be there, you know. Yeah. Um, and so Tom really appreciated our first show or two. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't really well attended. You know, it was hard to get, it's really hard to get the word out. And, it is. Know, Certain things get dropped on Facebook, and so a lot of it is, is word of mouth. Um, which is Unless you pay, I notice that. Yeah. Oh yeah, I paid. It doesn't. It doesn't. And that's the thing too is uh, you, you pay, and the value keeps going down and down yeah. and down I didn't too. See, you know, I used didn't to see be able much to result from it when you know yeah. I've done some we, events we, with my brother who has a right. small company. We kind of we, we did mm. some of them with the band, but the, you know it says so many people reached want to reach more. Yeah. Boost your post. It's tempting. <laughs> It is tempting. But, I mean, how come only so many people are reaching? reaching people in California, maybe. I don't my know. my problem with that too is it's like you, you you guys have proved yourselves untrustworthy, especially with the whole Russia Gate thing yeah. and all that other kind of stuff yeah. that's that's going on. I mean, they're they're accepting money in rubles, and then they 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 act all surprised when <laughs> oh my god, they were Russian hacker. Oh my so, god, I I had no idea. So you know, sorry, like, comrade. Whatever. So. All the numbers that they're giving you are coming through Facebook. So how do you trust them? How do right. you know that that's actually, actually how, many how many people, people you're reaching, reach. yeah. Yeah. or that you could buy views apparently too? Which <laughs> yeah, there's there's something where you can buy likes, which you know views and it shares <laughs> and spreads it. And I thought it, who would do that? But oh my I god, guess it's, it you makes know, you look more popular. It's high school all over again. Right? It elevates. Yeah. There was a there was a good article a couple of years ago in the Philadelphia City paper about a guy who did that. He bought a lot of stuff on Facebook, like had, you know, all these fake accounts essentially liking the page and whatever. So people are booking him, paying him these large amounts of money to do a show. And then nobody's there. And they're like, okay, what the hell is this? Like, I thought yeah. you, you've got a million followers. Yeah. There should be a, a couple thousand people, people here. Yeah. And then they catch on like, oh yeah, this is all, this isn't real. Like none of the, yeah, this is all just a, a show. And this guy's not even that good. You know, yeah. it's frightening. Yeah. The that you can coins. do that. Kill Coins set is is starting to gain a nice following. Um, our last 
uh, last Saturday last month mm. was really well attended. It yeah, was it was, it was a lot fun. of fun. I mean, we had some a lot of new faces, but and they were coming. So a lot of it is the old fashioned way, word of mouth. You know, you've got, you've got awesome. somebody who believes in what he's doing and, and the effort that we're trying to bring more of that music back. Right. Um, and then those people are telling their friends and their friends and their friends. So I'm so, excited. It's it's Yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. I, I enjoy doing it. First Saturday of every month. For the first Saturday of every, of every month. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask you. Great. 8.30. I mean, it might move to 9 during, right. the, during the warm hours. But yeah. The warm, warmer days. Right? It's tough, though. You know, that's another thing. You know, when do you start live music? Right, exactly. Who's it's your audience. Yeah, and that that's that's kind of an ongoing debate, I this think. Audience, you know, not just six, here, but all you know. over. My you audience know. eats at four in the afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to see music start at seven in the city. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think what, what's great about you do too is is that it's very accessible to anybody who likes any kind of music at all. You all know, right. it's not something that you have to be into a specific kind of music to enjoy. No, I do a bunch of stuff. I'll mix up. You know, mm -hmm. do a lot of. Uh, folk stuff and sometimes depends on how much I drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a lot we, of back and forth, and it's it's it's, it's a fun it's yeah. a fun show. What do they want to hear? Where's the night going? Right. That kind of stuff. It's, it's it it is fun when session. when you can interact with with the audience. I mean, that's what I I enjoy doing. That you know, it, it makes makes it a more personal show, and you know, so. We had a great set at the Gary Owen. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the Gary Owen, yeah. Actually played almost two hours longer than I was supposed to. Yeah, we, just kept, we did, we did. <laughs> that's he great. Did, we just kept going because we were having a ball. Drinks so are free. Patrons, yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's the perfect Uber. show right there. <laughs> yeah, Uber, yeah. <laughs> and you, you guys have a really cool gig coming up. Uh, the the first, first ever uh, Steamtown String Fling, yeah. which is at the, cultural, uh, the Scranton Cultural Center, uh, the Dishonest Fiddlers, uh, Brother Roy, uh, Miz, and uh, Christopher Kearney. So if you, you follow local music at all, uh, that's kind of an all-star lineup uh, when it comes to that, 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 that type of music. Uh, really cool that they were able to put something like that together. Um, that's March 23rd, I think? It is, be, yeah. yeah. It's uh, toward, towards the end of the month. Towards the end, yeah. Um, so how, how did you end up getting that gig? Did the... Uh, uh, Maria. Maria. Maria Sinamaro uh, reached out to us. Yeah. Um, it was a while ago. Actually. Yeah. Almost, we had been Maria. I forgot to tell my brother about it. <laughs> since since hey, we uh, had arrived. That date, and, and, and that first house concert, we had Maria. Maria came to the house, and she's very active with the, you know, she's, she's, she works with the Scranton Cultural Center. Yeah. yeah. She's very active in the music she scene is, yeah. and, and getting shows going, and, and she's just mm -hmm. an endless, endless source of energy. She's always. <laughs> She's an amazing woman, but uh, she had heard them play and said, "I've got to get, I've got to get him at the cultural center." And so that conversation started in 2015, and so are. we've been working. Oh, wow. you know, <laughs> we, we finally, finally coming together, yeah, and we Come finally to found like this. This yeah. was a great idea. Yeah. Um, um, she's got a lot of great ideas, but yeah. this is this is cool. This lineup is cool. So she's gone out and she's listened to the performers. So she's kind of really has a sense of how the evening. You know, might go. Yeah. Right. There's a lot of time and effort that goes, yeah, but I'm excited. It's hard to, I mean, because it's a big undertaking for her and for, I mean, and for the, the cost and everything to get everything going. And yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I hope it's, you know, I'd, I'd like to see a lot success, more stuff yeah. like that. You know, more events at the cultural center. It would be a tragedy to lose the Scranton Cultural Center, yeah. you know, and I know they're hey, in. 
they're, they're having financial difficulties like like you know right. most venues and, and everywhere um, but it's important to get get more out, arts out Ooh, there and too. get people out mm. to support it um, so and we're excited to be part of it yeah yeah definitely I mean that's a great venue too yeah, it's a beautiful but I mean, what I like, and I've never done your uh, <laughs> Nipa scene. That was the first open mic I've ever done in my life. Mm. Well, it's an interesting one to be your first. It was. <laughs> it was a blast. I've done a few. Like I, we did one. The honky tonk has has yeah. one. I right. did, did one there. We did just one the other night. Where was that? Sunday night. Where the heck were we? Oh, down at O'Leary's. O'Leary's. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That, that and we was. actually ran into Leo Schott. Um, I don't know if you know if you know Leo, but he's, he's, he's a, he plays Ale and Pipes. You know the. You know he's talented in the traditional yeah, yeah, yeah. music as well as okay. just about any other wind instrument he's that he can put in his player, hands. Yeah. He's, he is. He's brilliant yeah. on saxophone and flute. And, um, he's but just, I, I adore Leo, and he came down and joined Mickey on stage, and they did a set with the pipes <laughs> and the guitar. And it was beautiful. There are people going in the bar. What what on earth is this? Like they. You know, took over yeah. the open mic with an Irish set yeah. for about a half hour. It was, it was really cool. It was nice. nice. But getting back to the Nipa uh, scene, that was my first introduction to the, to that. It was, it was great. I mean, it was because it wasn't just music. There was right. comedy, um, and then well, later on there was hula hoops. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Every but I mean, it's great, and it's uh, for people to. To get up there, and they do it all the time at their house, you know. Sure. But like, like meeting your hero, you know, you practice everything, but when you get up and or <laughs> try to yeah. do it in front of people, it's a whole different story. So right. A lot of um, yeah, yeah, it is, and uh, a lot of those I really liked a lot of those comedians because, like, and I, I I think I don't know if that was who I was telling. Uh, it might have been uh, Dan. Was it Dan? Well, one of those guys, like I can go up and sing a song that somebody else wrote, mm. and there's no problem with that. But sure. they go up and tell a joke that somebody else wrote. Oh yeah, you, yeah. There's a little, there's a little <laughs> bit of a problem there. Right. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, that's a big no-no. With it, them. It's hard, you know, and to get up yeah. there and um, to uh, you know put yourself out there, even if you're writing an original song, it's that's the same thing, but. I just, I was fascinated by it. I thought it was great, yeah. Mm. Met a lot of people. Actually, uh, John, I remember John Cress, yep. long hair kid, who he emailed me the other day. We are going to get together and do some do some songs and stuff. And also nice. the uh, comedy Viking there. Oh, uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, he, he's learning some songs, so. <laughs> <laughs> Could be a, a new three-piece. <laughs> it really did open up like you were saying, though, you know, earlier. Yeah. In- podcast that you, you come out to this and you're going to meet people that could turn out to be friends and, and that was definitely through that you've seen Scott Talent. I mean that was so much yeah. fun. That's what we're that's what we're really trying to do is is bring people together especially that normally wouldn't get together mm-hmm. right and, yeah. and hang worked. out and appreciate yeah. each other. Yeah. 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 It, was, it was fun. Yeah it was great. I'm, I'm very I'm happy that to. I did it. Yeah. Let's start up again. Yeah. I mean I always thought open mic would be a great idea especially try out new stuff you know. Sure. But having it, you know, when it's off in the distance seems like a great idea. <laughs> and as it gets closer, mm, I'll do it next week. Yeah, it's, yeah. Right. Even, I mean, I... But we looked forward to that. You know, we didn't... Yeah. We, but I was still I was still nervous, and I, you know, I played in front of 
Sure, yeah. A lot of people, but Even I when he was in the finals, we were still going, though. It was still fun. It was still yeah. something. We looked forward to it. You know, we're like, oh, yeah. I was nervous as all hell in those finals. We planned our week. Like, we, we, got yeah. that, we got something fun to do yeah. this week. And so that was, that was nice. It was, I was happy. I think I chose eight. If I had chose 12, I might not have been able to. <laughs> I was so nervous I was drinking. I don't remember the words. <laughs> uh, Scott, uh, Kucharski, uh, um, sorry if I butcher that. Um, he said, other than parades, uh, any upcoming dates? Uh, we did talk about that a little oh, bit. Oh, right. Yeah. We got the, the tomato bar, we got kill coins. Uh, that's March 3rd. Uh, the Red, Red Stag Pub in Bethlehem. Bethlehem, yeah. Uh, that's March 17th. That's St. Patrick's Day, yeah. Yeah, perfect. Oh, and then. St. Patrick's Day. Uh, and we have the, the Steamtown uh, String Fling. String Fling on the 23rd. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we go into April, the first Saturday in April. Kill coins. First Saturday in May. So that's a that's a monthly yeah. first Saturday. You could always catch still, them there. Yeah. Still trying to work out gigs. It's it's tough getting gigs. <laughs> I tell you. Uh, yeah. Never had it, this problem before. It's, it, it's tough, too, because uh, I feel like the scene is very much, uh, you know, people say, like, there's nothing to do. It's, it's oversaturated. There's yeah. so many acts, and there's so much going on that, you know, it's it's well, hard because, you know, the, the, the bar isn't just competing with, other bars and stuff, but other events and, yeah. you know, oh, parades yeah, and things like that as yeah, well, you know, yeah. so. I was in Nashville. We, were, we, we played a gig in Nashville, and uh, we were staying with some friends of ours, and they said, oh, do you want to come see our local trad band when you when you come down? I said, oh, sure, yeah. Why not? And so I'm thinking, local trad band? I, I don't know, just a couple of kids playing Irish traditional music or, or what. Yeah. So we get to their house, and we're having dinner, and she goes, oh, I wonder if uh, Amy Grant's going to be there. <laughs> said, Why the hell would Amy Grant be there? Oh, because her husband is in the, the trad, trad band. band. Vince uh, Gill is in your local trad band. <laughs> it was the Time Jumpers. I don't know if you ever heard of them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and 20 bucks to see wow. uh, Monday Night in Nashville. Uh, and it's just because they're, it's so much that you can do with so many great players. Right. But this was fun. It was one of the best shows I'd ever seen in my life. <laughs> and if someone's out touring, somebody else jumps in. You know, it just, it blew me away. It was, <laughs> but that, you know, I was, like, I wasn't expecting that at all. <laughs> no, not at all. Of, yeah. Not alone for 20 bucks, but it was, mm-hmm. I know uh, Riders in the Sky, you ever hear of them? Mm. Uh, you know, like a cowboy uh, music type band, but Ranger mm. Doug was the, the lead singer. Uh, fantastic yodeler, but we walk in and he's just, Standing at the bar, drinking a beer. Holy shit. It's Ranger Doug. <laughs> Over and talk to him. Now my brother plays uh, words with friends with him. <laughs> yeah, social media has made that uh, a whole weird thing. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. meet your celebrity, you know, your friends. And, and, and you know, pe- people, uh, like, I, I'm, I'm uh, you know, friends with a, a guy on Facebook that, you know, I grew up with his music. And, you know, he lives in Seattle. So, yeah. and he, he's an editor of some paper now. You know, like oh, after, yeah. you know, he's, he kind of does the music here and there, but mostly in Seattle. So, you know, I, I haven't seen him live in a long time because, yeah. you know, he's, he's doing stuff out right. there. But it's just weird to be friends on Facebook with like like a guy like that. Yeah. You know, where it's like, oh, you know, I grew up with this guy's music and now I'm like watching his, you know, updates about random daily stuff, yeah. you know. Well, I, I grew up, uh, one of my best friends in high school was Adam Sandler. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, we were in, you know, I've known him since uh, we were 13. <laughs> you 
That's crazy. But that we were uh, we were doing a gig in Chicago. It was uh, actually it was the Irish American Heritage Center, mm. and uh, uh, Rory and Connor, their father and Shane, their father was being inducted into this Hall of Fame mm. thing. So also being inducted into the Hall of Fame was this, you know, the the Sullivan brothers in okay. World War Two. Yeah, so they were being inducted to the Irish American Hall of Fame. But so their the granddaughter of the only Sullivan brother, I think it was Al, he was the only one that had kids. <laughs> and so she was there accepting. So we, we met her. Yeah. I, you know, I wrote a song about it. Now it's, it's in some yeah, how many documentary or something. Died. There were five of them. Yeah, they all, <laughs> they all died. All died yeah. during the war. <laughs> but the host of the evening was Joel Murray, Bill Murray's brother. Yeah. He was in um, Shameless. Yeah. And it's like, like, oh, that's showing. Oh, I was in the, <laughs> we're in the bathroom. And he was the urinal, you know, two away from me. <laughs> like, hey, man, really loved him shameless. It's <laughs> <laughs> creepy. Yeah. And he goes, uh, oh, thanks. Yeah, I'm sorry I had to jump in that. Uh, <laughs> he ended up killing himself. I don't want to ruin it if anybody hasn't seen the first season yet. But, <laughs> but that one of the first. It reminded me of one of the first, like my brother and I used to have like a kind of a residency gig in a hotel in in, the, mm. in town in Manchester, New Hampshire. And uh, one of our first gigs, you know, after our first set, the bartender gives us a beer. She goes, oh, oh, these are from, these are from Rich. Rich, oh, great. So I go, where is he? I'm thinking, oh, he just went in the bathroom. Well, I had to go to the bathroom too. So he's at the urinal next to me. And... <laughs> Turned to him, I go, hey, are you rich? And just as soon as I said it, he goes, oh, man, that did not come up. <laughs> Something. I have to ask the guy next to you if he's rich. Uh, turns out he was. <laughs> I thank him for the beer. Well, if you got a few bucks, <laughs> I got a job for you. Well, well and, and that became a thing with, with the band, you know, is things you... We always happen in the men's room. You always kind of. <laughs> I didn't know any of this before the wedding. <laughs> so, like, we used to take people to Ireland for, a, for you know, a sightseeing tour of music at night. So, so this, uh, and some, you know, we'd have sessions at night, and sometimes the, we'd have the people who came with us. They want to get a song. So, this one guy from California, his name's Dwight Dwight Van Vliet, great guy, sang a Willie Nelson song. Awesome. So my brother Rory and I were in the bathroom going, going to the bathroom, and Rory goes, Hey, how about that? Dwight pulled a little willy out. (laughs) 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 What? (laughs) We all backed away. So where can people find your music online? Uh, anybody who's, who's, who's gotten this far obviously is interested. So. Yeah, uh, well, we have um, all our albums are on iTunes or CD Baby, or album CDs, rather. Um, CD Baby. Um, I have some in my living room. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my kid's album is on uh, iTunes or CD Baby as well. Um, there's various videos um there's a video of from our sessions uh album it's uh us recording uh, a song i think it's stealing 
I think, yeah. with Jonathan mm-hmm. Edwards. That's on YouTube. So, um, but yeah, make them in Spain. Um, I you just have a website for that, right? I believe. Yeah, it's makeem.com. There's nothing much on it though. We have, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we're the three like least ambitious guys going. Facebook links and, Facebook, and YouTube. Yeah. You're, you're more likely to see more of the, the music. Yeah, Mickey Spain Music, I think you're on yeah, Facebook. Yeah, we just started that page. And, uh, so maybe we'll have a website. It's got, my, going it's got kid stuff. I, I used to, it's, you know, I tell you what, I used to have a website, MickeySpain.com. And I'm not, I, I don't really keep up with things, so it, it lapsed. Um, but then... There's another Mickey Spain in, I don't know if he's in Carolinas or Georgia. He's a realtor. <laughs> so we connected on Facebook the other day. Yeah. And he, he goes, you're the Spain Irish folks. Yeah. He goes, <laughs> he goes, man, I waited five years for MickeySpain.com to become available. <laughs> he took it as his real, real estate site. Oh, man, I would have sold it to you a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, but that's... Yeah, so Mickey Spain Music's on Facebook, Mickey Spain too, you know, it's, uh, I'm on there. But the music site we just started, I'll try to put up, like we talked about that mining project, try to, once we get that going. Um, but I post videos like the kids shows or um, any any of the gigs I'm doing now, just mm-hmm. try to, yeah, trying to get gigs, you know, it's, it's, it's rough out there. <laughs> Book this man. <laughs> All right, well, uh, you, you want to play uh, one more song before we're, we're yeah. out? Yeah, what do you want to hear? To, uh, to Roddy McCorley. Roddy McCorley, it's an Irish Irish song. Actually, as the um, fellow was executed on this day, hmm. February 28th, in, um, in 1800, in the north of Ireland, uh, um, he's, he's from the uh, county Antrim, for his part... In the 1798 rebellion, so uh, so it was it was just yeah he was just a kid, <laughs> but so this is a story of uh, Roddy. His real name was Roger, but Roddy McCorley. Oh, see the fleet-foot horse of men. Speed with faces one from farmstead and from fishers cut along the banks of Ban. They've come with vengeance in their eyes. Too late, too late are they. As young Roddy McCorley goes to die on the bridge of tomb today. Up the narrow street he stepped, smiling proud and young. About the hemp rope on his neck, the golden ring clung there was never a tear in his blue eyes both glad and bright are they as young Roddy McCorley goes to die on the bridge
bridge of tomb today when he last stepped up that street his shining pike in hand behind him marched in grim array a stalwart his band for Antrim town for Antrim town he led them to the fray as young Roddy McCorley goes to die on the bridge of doom today there is never a one of all your dead more bravely fell in frame than he who marches to his fate on the bridge of tomb today. True to the last, true to the last, he treads the upward way. And young Roddy McCorley goes to die on the bridge of tomb today. And young Roddy McCorley goes to die on the bridge of tomb today.